0: to play welcome back to the pause purpose play podcast with me Michaela thomas in this episode we're going to think a bit about the difference between compromise and sacrifice this is chapter 16 from my book the lasting connection developing love and compassion for yourself and your partner and even if you're not in a relationship romantically at the moment learning the difference between compromise and sacrifice is still a really meaningful one for you because we have to make compromises with so many people, so many different relationships to navigate, or we have to make decisions. And if you're anything like my average listener, who might be a bit of a people pleaser, who struggles to set boundaries, you may find that you struggle with compromises and find yourself making self-sacrifices instead. So let's dive into this and think a little bit about what the difference is between compromise and sacrifice. So compromise in the relationship means that both partners have at least partially got their needs met, whereas a sacrifice means that one partner gives up on their needs and resentment may set in. Approaching problems together as a team, using problem-solving and decision-making skills around how to live and how to love, will help you work towards a lasting connection in your relationship. It's also important to recognise where no compromise actually can be reached, where you might be coming across a deal-breaker and you have to agree to disagree. Compromise is a good enough solution, not a perfect one. When couples talk about problems in their relationships, they often see the other person as the problem. Here's where it gets tricky though. That person isn't a problem to fix. Instead, you need to see yourselves as a team who together solve the problems between you. Small problems left unsolved can be like those little termites that we mentioned before, termites of unkindness and hostility. If there are enough unresolved problems festering in your foundation and your relationship, they can bring down your whole house. This is where compromise comes in. A good enough solution where both partners feel that their needs are at least partially met, And this is very different from the sacrifice, where one partner just gives in to the other and ends up feeling resentful. So I want you to think about that. What's getting in the way of you and your partner sitting down to resolve your problems with compromises? Do you recognise some of these common scenarios? A. Some couples just don't know how to resolve their issues. They literally don't know how to approach problem-solving how to generate solutions, how to evaluate the pros and cons of each solution and then how to implement them. Some couples just don't know how to solve their problems. Or B, some couples know how to problem solve, but they just don't do it. There might be that you're too busy with everyday life or you get too anxious and overwhelmed by the prospect of another marathon sitting together of hot emotions with your partner, hashing it through or fear that you'll have to part ways over an issue that neither of you can compromise on. So which one do you think that you are? A or B? That you don't know how to do it, or that you just don't do it because it's overwhelming? And the answer that you get will lead you into different parts of either building skills in problem solving, or building skills in emotion regulation, tolerating the heat that can come from sitting in a disagreement learning to tune into yourself so that you set a boundary instead of leaving yourself into self-sacrifice. And to be able to understand that, it's also important to recognize whether you're actually engaging in productive problem-solving, if you do think that you know how to problem-solve, or if you're going around in circles. Productive problem-solving is like a productive cough, where you bring up the mucus after you've cleared your throat, and it might feel like a sense of relief, even if it's just temporary. So you've worked through a problem, ah, there it is, resolution. Non-productive problem solving is more like a hacking dry cough where you just feel really irritated and nothing comes up. You just go round and round worrying about the problem without coming up with a solution. or end up just having a go with each other without any resolution. So although most couples engage in that sort of head-to-head occasionally, we can do things to help ourselves. So again, I'll kind of give you... an a and a B here. Do you think that you're A, productively problem solving? It might be difficult, it might be heated, but you come to some sort of resolution. Or B, you're non productively problem solving. You're actually not coming to any solution at all. You're just going around in circles and feeling like you're expending energy. In the book at this point, I go through a step by step to help you figure out how to do productive problem solving. So tune into chapter 16 in the Lasting Connection book to try that, to help you. Define the problem that you're needing to discuss and then take action using compassionate communication skills, generating possible solutions, and holding in mind the pros and the cons of each solution. It can be really helpful to hold this question in mind when you do this. If a friend was telling you about going through something like this, what ideas might you have for them? If you can't give yourself the same advice, why might that be? And in the book, I also have a very concrete example of a couple, which I call the from the sofa section, where you can see it illustrated. And it can be a lot easier when we have a scenario painted with someone else, when we're not emotionally invested in their problems, so we can maybe see the steps outlined differently compared to if we were looking at our own problem situation at the moment. So learning by observing can be really helpful. And it's really important that you do make space for decision making, that you help yourselves through problem solving, so that you can make wise decisions. Otherwise, there's a risk that you're just sliding into decisions, rather than deciding into them. One common problem for couples is that they don't make wise decisions together. Many find themselves just going down a particular life path and can't remember making a conscious choice regarding how they got there. It just sort of happened, they say to me, explaining how they came to start living together, got married or had kids. It's if they were actually sliding into it, not deciding it. For example, a couple slides into living together because it saves money on rent rather than decides to move in together in this next stage of the relationship. And that couple might fail to consider the impact of sharing a space together and everyday life together and end up arguing because of not having negotiated boundaries and set up their living space properly before they moved in. Not being aware that this is a transition into the next chapter. A couple who have been living together for years might end up getting married because it feels like, you know, the next step, or because it's expected in society. They slide past discussing whether they actually believe in the institution of marriage or whether they're ready for it at this point of their relationship. Another couple starts a family, and one partner ends up taking more responsibility for the management of the children than the other. Was that a conscious decision? Was that discussed? Do they negotiate this when they felt pregnant and understand the impact it would have on each partner? And the answer in a lot of these cases that I've outlined is no. Most couples don't consciously decide how they will live their lives together in a way that feels fair and meaningful for both partners. They don't consider the consequences of the choices they make. Whether those choices take them closer towards or further away from the way they want to live with the values that they have. So in this chapter, I outline some of the decisions, big and small, in your everyday life that you can compassionately make decisions around as a team. And I'll give you a few exercises of how you can think about how to live and how to love and negotiate that in a way that feels fair for both of you. And remember that there is no right way to live and to love. As long as neither partner is getting hurt and the boundaries have been clearly set, pretty much anything goes in terms of how we live and how we love. Regardless of how the relationship is structured, exclusive couples, polyamorous relationship with three partners together, open relationships or on-off relationships, or even ones where, you know, you live in separate houses right next to each other and you take turns being with your children. As long as you have consciously taken kind of the steps towards those decisions around how to live and how to love, if you've made those with compassion and consideration of each other's needs, it's right if it's right for you. So in this chapter, you then have some exercises around how to compassionately make a major decision as a team, of how you can warm up into it, how you can step into your compassionate self and then let that flow out. And that can also help you prepare for the deal breakers where no compromise can be made. Because sometimes it's not possible to find a compromise in a particular decision, either because there isn't one, or because one or both partners aren't willing to make it. If it fundamentally goes against what you believe in or against your values to the point where you couldn't live like that, you're looking at a sacrifice you're not willing to make and it becomes a deal breaker. If you found this helpful, you can take a deeper dive into this in the book, The Lost in Connection, or get this explained to you in a more accessible way through videos, exercises, downloadable worksheets, in a step-by-step fashion over 12 weeks in my course, The Compassionate Couple. If you're interested in the course, to see if it's right for you, you can also book a free call with me. Jump onto the website, thethomasconnection.co.uk forward slash The Compassionate Couple and see if the course appeals to you and your partner. You can scroll down to the bottom and reach out to me to book a clarity call to see if this is right for you. And I really enjoy doing these little short episodes talking about couples and relationships based on my book. If this is not for you, then think about how would this apply to other relationships in your life? Like I said in the beginning, if you're likely to self-sacrifice and bend over backwards for other people on things that fundamentally don't feel right for you, you don't feel that sits with your value system, be curious of how it leaves you feeling. And what does that do to the relationship with the other person? How do they start to see you and perceive you? What happens to the dynamic between the two of you? if you constantly make sacrifices you're not willing to live with? Do you feel resentful towards that person? Do you start to feel annoyed by them? Maybe you start to drift away from them. So just think about how different it would be if you stood up for yourself a little bit more and said, actually, that's not quite a compromise for me. A compromise for me would be this and that instead of those kind of things that you're describing. So hold that in mind, dear listener. And until I speak to you next time, please do take care of yourself. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. I know it's not easy when you feel busy and overwhelmed to find time for another thing to do. If this is you, if you feel overwhelmed or that you are close to your breaking point, then I've got a downloadable checklist for you that's going to help. This checklist is called Calm the Overwhelm. The first section has signs and symptoms of you being overwhelmed, mentally or physically, showing you that you might be close to breaking point or burning out. The second part is actionable, easy things you can do to try to slow down and give yourself a break. And the third part is a checklist of all the things that might show up when you're asking yourself to take a break. Perhaps your inner critical voice will have an opinion about why you're not allowed to give yourself the permission to pause. To download this free resource, go to www.thetomasconnection.co.uk forward slash calm. So that's thethomasconnection.co.uk forward slash calm. This episode of the Pause Purpose Play podcast was presented by me, Michaela Thomas, and you can find me on thethomasconnection.co.uk. And because great work rests on having a great team, this episode was kindly edited by Emily Crosby Media.